Okay, everyone, I know it's my birthday, but we're at Disneyland. I don't want to make it all about me. One second, I just need to go to guest relations. <laughs> I mean, they just gave me this badge. Well, it would be rude not to display it. I also got everyone's celebration pins, just so you can join in the fun. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Thank you. How do they know? I thought this would have been free. I mean, it is my birthday. Do you think they'll let me sit at the front of Guardians? It is my birthday. You know, if you can treat yourself on your birthday, when can you? Let's take a picture. It is my birthday. It's just so nice to be home on my birthday. 48 minutes of dogs barking. 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 All right. All right, We're folks. We're going to take it down a bit. This take, is... Yeah, so Jason's out of town next week. We're doing a and... bit of an experiment here. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know. We kind of stretch our legs a little bit here. Didn't want to record two full episodes back to back, so we're just kind of riffing here and uh, didn't want to take a week off, so we want to give something for our 45 <laughs> listeners. It's five. So, yeah, we've got a couple of things we're going to talk about. I'm sure I'm going to ask Jason a bunch of questions and make him uncomfortable. Like, hey, Jason. Yeah. You ever taken a shit that was so gnarly it gave you a runny nose? It's where, been a while. Where it's you been were, a while. Like, when you were, it was like one of those things like you were done. You're like, oh, God, I got to blow my nose. You know, I I think I did. But, again, it's it's probably been since before I moved into this house because I can't say that I've done that recently. Well, Yeah, I mean, like, the last one was probably... There was we lived in an apartment like a block and a half from here. Oh God, I was working for a shoe company downtown, mm-hmm. and I was doing their product photography, making like no money. And yeah, I had had. I love Mr. Curry from downtown. Oh, I love. I miss. I love. Oh, Mr. Curry. Such, such a great place. It was one of the first Indian buffets I'd ever been to, and it's still my favorite. I love Himalayan Yeti. Don't sure. Don't get it twisted, but. But boy, there was something about that. I think it was the non. But anyway, two days in a row, I'd gone down there for lunch. Oh, you were playing? playing... I was playing the devil's dice. Mm -hmm. And boy, I did feel it when I got home that night. And and it was just kind of like, hey, babe, uh, is there a fire extinguisher? Because, yeah, it was just, it was hot. (laughs) Hot. Hey, babe. <laughs> yep, no good. Uh, that's because I had the uh, the vindaloo too. So vindaloo always makes me vindapoo, and I think that's probably the last time I had it. It was probably that long ago. So yeah, huh. it's, it's, it's so been it's a, a while. it's a quaint memory for you. Uh, no, I, I the moment you said something about it, it was like a Proustian reverie. I had that like, oh yeah, I remember that. That was terrible. Where it's like double just over like the exertion, and all of a sudden you're just like. I don't have a cold. Why? Why am I sniffling? What's happening here? Yeah, your whole body just went in the shock because yeah. it had to deposit like a pound and a half <laughs> to about three pounds of feces in a very short amount of time. You were slapping the bowl <laughs> like you're a used car salesman. The bowling ball just dropped out of your just, ass. God, yeah. just like it looks like an apple. An apple made <laughs> shit. Welcome to the show. It's forty eight minutes. Why is it how? Parking. Why is it so rotten? Did it go through my whole entire body in that shit? 
<laughs> oh, you've never. So, oh, I'm really gonna pull pull back the the curtain here because I don't think yeah. my girlfriend knows this, and yeah. she's obviously gonna listen to this. But my bowel movements are a thing of legend. Mm. And I remember being over at a friend's place, and their toilet had never done me dirty. Oh no! And apparently, what I had was just too rough. Too rough, yeah. And I didn't, I didn't check. Before I left the bathroom. Oh, man. And my friend went to go use the restroom. Oh. He was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what? And he's like, you took a shit, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah. What? He's like, it didn't flush all the way. And I'm like, your toilet's never done this to me. Your toilet's right. never... Your toilet's never sold me out. <laughs> Your toilet was like the most, re- the s- most, at that time, the toilet that I felt, and all the toilets I felt safe taking a shit in. Yeah. Your toilet has that, never done me wrong that until one. today when yeah. we're snowed in. Of course. And he just goes, it looked like a brown soda can. Oh, God. <laughs> Jesus. I'm like, it's crisp and refreshing. Why don't no. you go, the cool, why, why don't you reach into the cool waters? Get Grab yourself, yourself one. Yeah. Crack it open. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I was like, that's really embarrassing. And yeah. he was just like, you weren't joking. Like, like, all these you... years, I thought you were joking about the shits you took. No. And I'm like, no. It's like sometimes it looks like something that shouldn't come out of a human body. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I've, you know, I kind of have uh, the opposite <laughs> problem. I have. Your shits are meek and unworthy of the toilet. I don't think it's that. I think it's that the, there's a lot of volume, but they're not solid. That's, oh, you're I a think, you're they're... a spurter. Yeah. You, well, you're like it's like is it like paste is a brown cotton? No, it's okay. I do eat a lot of fatty foods, so there's oh, a okay. lot of so so a lot of that doesn't quite. Uh, it's not as solid. We'll put it that way. Uh, my di- my dietary fiber probably not the greatest. Yeah, I uh, eat a lot of fiber. Okay, so then that's probably so, where that's probably a lot where of girth pushing. Through. Exactly right. We'll see. Mine is more. It's um, the consistency of a can of chili, mm. shall we say? Yeah, uh, man, you got to do something about that. That's not healthy, and that's also not. Well, great. I'm not. It's not every time. I'm just saying, like when there's a lot, it's gonna be that oh you know what i mean it's like like mine like mine like when i take a shit like nine times out of ten it's like you ever see like those uh like rods of dirt from the permafrost oh yes yeah yeah. and they're like they can seem like no this was five thousand years ago (laughs) it's like that you can kind of tell like you can tell like what part of the day i wasn't drinking enough water jesus it looks like it looks like a bunch of brown gummy worms stuck together (sighs) And then you get to the part where I had the salad. Yep. And you're like, oh, well, that's that's clearly moving. Yeah. Uh, this gosh, a lot, lot of poop talk. Folks, aren't you glad you listened to four eight minutes know. of dogs barking? What a wonderful the show. The episode where we broke the format to talk about our, our BMs, doos. See, and you were talking about how you don't want to talk about doos all the time. Well, it's funny because it's my doos. Other people's doos are gross okay. and pure. I get that. Mine are little gifts from heaven. I don't. <laughs> I don't take shit, Jason. I leave. Presents. Leave them. Yeah. I leave yeah. presents. <laughs> it's a gift from God. Uh, I did want to to talk about some stuff though, not just <laughs> not, not just doo doos uh, or jack off. Your or ass. Yeah, I I did I did have a couple things that I didn't think warranted inclusion in a already stacked and packed episode because it was you know, definitely stacked, like your friend's older sister. Indeed, 
a couple of them kind of slipped through the cracks just because they're so new and I didn't really have a point of view on them just yet, but I wanted to read just excerpts from them and kind of get your reaction to them because there's two that are kind of on the opposite spectrum of not necessarily the culture wars, but talking about culture in general. Sure. All right. So a piece in Dazed, uh, that is the Life and Culture Opinion Magazine, James Grieg writing here, the headline, everyone needs to grow up. Now, as a 42-year-old man, or sorry, now as a 41-year-old man, I don't know why the fuck I decided I was older there for a second, I kind of get what he's saying. But, the piece begins, we are a generation of adult babies. You can see it in the widely circulated and largely untrue idea that the human brain isn't developed until the age of 25, which means that anyone younger is still essentially a child. It's there in the notion that people with ADHD can't text back their friends because they lack object permanence, a skill that babies develop at eight months old. It's there in the narrative that because gay people didn't experience a normal childhood, they're living out a second adolescence in their 20s and 30s. It's there in the hegemony of superhero films and cross-generational popularity of YA, young adult fiction, whose fans insist that grown-up literature is only ever about depressed college professors having affairs. You see it in Disney adults, the rise of cuteness as a dominant aesthetic category, the resurgence of stuffed animals, people who identify as Hufflepuff in their hinge profile, people throwing tantrums when their gorilla's rider is five minutes late, people lip-syncing with pouted lips and furrowed brows to audio tracks of toddlers. Sometimes it's less about pretending to be a child and more about harking back to a lost adolescence, narrativizing your life like it's a John Green novel or an episode of Euphoria, bragging about crazy exploits like smoking cigarettes on a swing or doing cocaine on a Thursday, hitting 30, and still considering yourself precocious. Most complaints about the infantilism of young people have typically come from the right, which has pointed to safe spaces and trigger warnings as evidence that Gen Z and millennials have been coddled to the point of softness. The right-wing critique of infantilism usually contends that, due to a vague decline in moral fiber, young people aren't willing to embrace the mantles of adulthood, like moving out of the family home, entering into a stable career, getting married, and starting a family. Now, of course, the author takes issue with that, saying, well, that's not necessarily true. He goes on for another two paragraphs there. But essentially, his uh, main thesis is that the struggle against infantilization has always formed a part of feminist, anti-racist, disability justice, and anti-colonial movements, which recognized that there is no better way to rob people of agency than to treat them as anything less than an adult. I still don't really get his whole thesis here. Yeah, that's kind of all over the place because it feels like he is both saying, like, what do you expect? Right. And he he isn't wrong. Like, I do think it's weird, like, seeing people my age, like, talking about their Squishmallow collection yeah. and things like that. And um, 
people that identify their Harry Potter house and their the, these are things that are all issues. I'm going to be turning 37 this year. Yeah. You're going to be turning 42. 42. Yeah. Uh, so you're kind of like an elder millennial. I'm kind <laughs> of in the middle. And yeah, I'm um, Gen X, so whatever. What? I'm Gen X, but whatever. Mm, 80, millennials, milli- what year were you born? 81. You're a millennial. Really? Yeah. I mean, there's obviously crossfade, so yeah. it depends on certain demographics right. and certain things. You're kind of in between millennial and Gen X Ooh, by most people's concern. The lost generation. Yes, because I worked with a guy who was born in 78 who considered himself a millennial, and by all of his values and the way he thought about things, was way more millennial than Gen X. So I think... Yeah. That blew my mind. I'm sorry. I'm still like, fuck, I am. God damn it. <laughs> sorry, man. But, like, our generation kind of got shafted pretty hard, you know? We never, yeah, we never, like, since 9-11 have never had a moment to, like, of normalcy. Yeah. What What is normalcy? Right. Maybe this is our normalcy. This, like, constant conflict, things that are getting better, climate change just getting worse and worse, and, like, there's no, ups- it feels like there's such a little upside. Yeah. So, in the same way that, all tech bros in some way are, are, are trying to recreate the womb with AI and right. things like that. Everything they do is, is one way or another trying to get back to the womb. Everyone else who isn't like that, that's like in our age group, in one way or another is trying to get back, not to the womb, but to their adolescence, their teenage years. Yeah. It's something I, that feels a little bit safer, a little bit more optimistic. Some people go out in the way where I absolutely positively want to hit them with a fish wrapped in newspaper. <laughs> right. And some people go about in a way that's obviously like, I think they know what they're doing and it's very therapeutic and, and it allows them to bring some positivity into their life. Well, like what would be the difference? Like, give me an example. Like what, what would be start with like the bad way? Like what would be the, the way to do it wrong in Brian's mind? Well, Oh, can we talk shit on my ex? Oh, please. Like my ex being in like her <laughs> early 30s and being like so engrossed in like anime and video games in a way that seemed very detrimental to her growth. Like she was a grown ass adult and there was things mm-hmm. about her that were fucking grown as fuck. Right. But like given to her own devices, she would just be watching Crunchyroll and playing Persona 4 for like the eighth time. And like it kind of felt like her potential like very smart could be aiming and doing so much aiming higher and doing so much more with her finite time on this earth but like she really just wanted to be like what she was doing when she was like 17 and that that. was it like she was stuck in developmentally arrested in some ways Mm. me like yes I like to sit around play video games and like you know make music and things I really enjoy. These are things I really enjoy as an adolescent, as a teenager, but I also like want to go out and see the world. I want to interact with the world. I want to become more knowledgeable. I want to have experiences. And it was like fighting tooth and nail Uh to get her to like go out and get sushi with me. It felt like, and like, so, so so taking that, taking that to a point where you're not even wanting to leave the house. Uh, yeah, I mean, and her so job, I'm, her job that she had was 
you know, it definitely drained her and like she had ADD and was on the spectrum. Sure. So there are things outside of like the millennial malaise. Yes. Yeah. But at the same time, like these are low stakes things or sure. like doing nice things. Like my cousin was getting married in Virginia and I was like, hey, would you like to come go do this with me? It'll be really interesting. He's a Navy SEAL and we can watch a bunch of dudes with fucking chin straps try and tell us they're the ones that canoed bin Laden. I'll pay for everything. I you know, like I was I was like, I'll pay for everything. She's like, I'm good. I'm like, oh, really? Like this yeah. is this is this is the kind of sort of people watching I die for. Yeah. And it nothing could have rep- and I think that in instead of going, she just stayed home. Yeah. And I'm, I'm like using my ex as an example. Yeah, she's clearly not the only one. I mean, there, there's, no, no, because like that's just like the most relevant example I can give. Yeah. Because I've like I worked with a guy at my last job who was like 27 and like a virgin and had like no social skills and like lied to me about having a YouTube page with a bunch of followers and what a dumb thing to lie about it was really weird but like it was like it was very much like uh the steve brule like yeah i've got like 300 skateboards <laughs> kind of thing yeah it just felt yeah. like but it was like it was hard like there were times where i would call him a child yeah and i and someone would catch me like dude he's like in his late 20s but the way he he acted i mean I yeah guess, i guess being 27 is like a little bit more of a zoomer ish thing yeah maybe. elder zoomer right young millennial um or yeah elder zoomer young millennial um and not to disparage this person if they no. ever end up listening to this but um like it sucked like it you see people being held back because this generation the zoomers the millennials and zoomers are both getting fucking kicked in the shins repeatedly over and over yeah. being pushed in the dirt and then being like why is your clothes dirty yeah yeah and i think that's really not fair to them because just since 2008 really yeah there's really just been i mean i dropped out of college because i was like this ain't getting any better like i want to go to college to be an english major what's the fucking point i can yeah. be a fucking contrarian smart ass without the debt i finished my tv radio uh <laughs> my tv radio degree in 2004 with an english minor and did nothing with it i work for the dick sucking factory LLC as has been established, but like I, I work in computers, you know? Yeah. And like that has nothing to do with anything that I was ever trained for. Yeah. And you know, I, I got a degree in a dying field in communications. Yeah. Which, you weren't going in the PR. Well, I mean, I guess I could have, yeah, you could have, you could have really very, sucked the blood out of everything. I very well could have. Well, I mean, look, there's there's good PR people. I mean, we talked to Ed Sitzrun twice on the show. Yeah. Like, we we know there's good PR people, but they're, they're very rare. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, a, a person like Ed does not come out I mean, as a music, day. someone who's getting back into music photography, there's times where I have interactions with PR people and press agents where I want to be yes. like, you're just fucking lying to me. Well, now those are, <laughs> no, now those are publicists. Publicists and not are... P- PR, they're different. It's a very different uh, job. Listen, listen, uh... When 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 it's time for them to go up against the wall. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Uh, I'll, I'll keep that in mind. But yeah, like I, I guess I could have. Yeah, I I, I worked a series of dead end part time jobs for for a long time, and then I, I lucked into what I do now. So. Yeah. Um, sucking dicks and cupping balls. It's a full time job. Let me tell you. And, uh, 
So the kids are always like, Daddy, why are you so tired after working? Like, Daddy's been on his knees yeah. for a very long time. I got the kids. knee pads. I got everything. You got, you got your could... uh, carpal tunnel syndrome. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Got the carpal tunnel glove on. Honey, get the cold cream. Yep. I'm having a bad one. Oh, uh, no. The working hands. That's the stuff you got to get, by the way. If you're, the working you're, hands? Yeah. yeah. I... Working hands is good. So someone, bijan.substack.com, wrote a response piece to the we are all adult babies they begin with i admire the author coming out swinging that said this reads like a catalog of things they saw online and didn't like which is fair of course but does not necessarily constitute evidence that quote we are a generation of adult babies the thing about this that i really don't like other than its childish universalizing is that it doesn't actually describe offline behavior. The internet is a place where people post things, and crucially, at this juncture, where people know what it means to post things. In other words, at this point, posting is performance. You do it with an awareness that other people can see what you're doing. Everyone knows that anything posted online can go viral and change the poster's life. The author helpfully included a TikTok that belied their misunderstanding of posting as performance in the middle of the piece. The TikTok in question is a woman putting on makeup, lip-syncing to the audio of a toddler. While I'd rather not speculate on why she has, as of this writing, 328,000 followers there, I think it's fairly obvious that she's doing this for a bit of online clout. A better piece might have asked, why do the algorithms that govern online popularity incentivize people posting infantile sensory content? For my own part, I guess the answer is some combination of, quote, it's offensive and therefore appealing to many different kinds of people, or people have very strong reactions to it, which is a different way of saying that it boosts engagement and increases the site's all-important growth metrics. Investors famously love this. This is a very astute observation that mm -hmm. I felt needed to be, to be kind of brought up as a counterpoint. Because, yes, the Disney adults that you see on TikTok, they're not actually at Disney every day. No. They'll record six hours of video, chop it up into a minute, and then, and then you know, parcel okay. that out over two months or whatever. And they'll spend the rest of their time at home raising their kids or doing whatever actual adult stuff that they do. So this response, I think, really also ties to the part that I, I still can't wrap my head around. It's like, what is performance and what's not? Yeah. Well, we talked about, Nathan, for you and, and the, the rehearsal earlier this year, or actually earlier last year, and about, like, how much is... What is what is Nathan Fielder's whole deal? You know, uh, Super Eye Patch Wolf did a great video about it, and, and the title of the video is What is Nathan Fielder? And in it, he, like I had thought, like, what can you ever actually pin down on this particular guy, right? We'll explode that out into all these people that, that the original piece was talking about. Are these people really like this, or is this performance? I think it is overwhelmingly some sort of performance. I mean, it's an extrapolation. We're all in this spectacle. We are images mediated between themselves, alienated from their point of origin. It's all kind of surface level. It's all no. I think you're getting there. Yeah, it's it's a, it's 
trying to present this form of authenticity. There's that Guy Debord quote. Guy Debord is the guy who wrote Society of Spectacle, who I'm butchering and paraphrasing and very poorly here. But on um, the spectacle is like that which appears is good and which is good appears. Yes. So people are trying to find what they think is agreeable and going to get them the attention that they want. Mm-hmm. And that's usually not being your true self in some way. In a way you almost don't want to be your true yeah. self. Yeah. You have to, pre- you have to think what do people want or what side of me is ugly and what's, you know, I got to keep that down. Maybe for me, like some of my success or lack of success as a music photographer was that on social media, I really put it all out there. I put the ups and downs and I think some people get that and I think they really appreciate that. And then some people are just like, Oh, that's gross. Like why not talk about having a bad day? Why not talk about the things that, that hurt you or trigger you? Right. Um, that cause you to lose sleep at night because that one that's truthful. Yeah. And on the other side, it kind of makes it funny when you talk, when you then post uh, Rod Dreher Drain Gang. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, we were talking about the Thug Shaker at like 2 a.m. Thug Shaker yeah. or for 314 Day, I'm <laughs> celebrating by not letting anyone merge onto the highway. <laughs> I always come back to Kierkegaard and I don't know why, but like Kierkegaard and, and like, the sickness unto death, like that, yeah, that that stuff, and and the big quote that I always remember, I had to pull it up because it's really long. But a human being is spirit, but what is spirit? Spirit is the self, but what's the self? The self is a relation that relates itself to itself, or is the relations relating itself to itself in the relationship? So his big thesis is that there are two, two or multiple selves. There's the self. And then there's the self that observes the self, right? There's there's a you are never just one thing. And sure. I think that's his whole deal about sickness unto death, especially the online version of me, for example, is nothing like the person that you hang out with every week. Right? The the online version of me is different and and if you only ever knew the one version of me when you met me you'd be like wow this guy's actually kind of weird yeah i mean (laughs) i mean there were when i was like shooting all time Mm -hmm. being published whatever ways there were times where i guess like i had like a reputation because of like how i was on social media locally Mm. of being like a you know pull no punches kind of a wild man and i remember like people pursuing me either like mm. people pursuing me like they wanted to figure me out or people women pursuing me because they wanted to see what that dick do and <laughs> um i think sometimes people got really disappointed mm. because the person that would go out there and say i downloaded new download the new girl talk just so i could put it in my waist spin on my yeah. <laughs> that guy was also the person that would sit there and have really interesting conversations about politics or something with someone and people found sometimes that really disappointing that the guy that could be really mean and funny on the internet could also be someone that could be kind of quiet and introverted and i think that disappointed some people and some people found that really interesting but i remember sometimes like yeah going on like a lunch date with someone that like 
was a mover and shaker in the local scene and kind of like watching her realize I wasn't going to be like some guy who was going to do coke off her tits and like, you know, let her cat out accidentally. Which and I always think like, why would you want that? So many people that get, have the privilege of being involved in the music scene come from a some form of privilege that where things like that are exciting me that sounds yeah. sad and pathetic but like right. if, well, if like you went to viz and like we're a horse girl <laughs> right and like you were going to wash you to like be in pr or something like dating guys that were trashy assholes might be really appealing because sure. it's the, the exact opposite thing that your dad who works at GlaxoSmithKline, the dick sucking <laughs> and their dick sucking factory right or you know the equivalent um, yeah you know is uh, a person bioengineering the end of all life at monsanto um that's the exact <laughs> opposite of like what you were supposed to be doing with all the privilege that you grew up with is dating guys that have a crass tattoo that from a distance looks like the cowboy from hell logo and maybe that's like why it took so long for me to get on Instagram because I found it to be so vapid and transparent. Right. And I still don't really like the platform. I still don't. I mean, I, I definitely have fallen out of love with a lot of aspects of social media in the last couple of years. To me, it has become incredibly stifling. Uh, you know, I felt like Twitter was really boring until fucking tall Bart came along. <laughs> yeah, I see. keep sending you. See, those. Tony Pastorelli's going to cough my dick and balls. <laughs> uh, I still got to get you on TikTok, man. Homeless prophet. Uh, uh, I can't do TikTok. That that feels like I feel like I get into TikTok. That the FBI is just going <laughs> to pull me off into a black site. I've got the weirdest TikTok curated uh, stuff now because it, it's all based on what you like, right? So. On the for you page, like there, I follow a whole account that's just like guys unclogging drains. Yeah, that's but, mesmerizing. I will sit and watch that oh, shit yeah. for people, hours. People that are really good at their jobs and like yeah, yeah. Oh, like this, there's this like uh, Irish woodworker. Yeah, he's fascinating. I love that guy. Or there's a um, a lady who calls herself the trans handyman. She talks about like how do you fix a, a light switch. It's like, well, A, you know, I've been DIYing my house since I bought it. But also, like, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. And I'll still learn stuff. Yeah. But then it's sandwiched in between, like, half the video is Family Guy and half the video is, like, somebody clogging a pipe with a carrot and <laughs> like putting epoxy on it. So I, I get it. It's definitely not for someone who maybe adhd adjacent or even diagnosed you know like it's definitely it hurts will, my head and yeah. like yeah i don't know like i worked with someone and she like took a video of a guy like blowing something with a leaf blower and then timed it to like some song uh -huh. so that when like something blew up it went back down it was the person in the song going yeah and it got like 50,000 views in like one day. And I'm like, and she's like, yeah, I don't really have like any followers. I'm like, that's a fucking weird ass reach. Yeah. I, I'm still getting alerts from a random AI voice thing I did about Joe Biden going to the beach from old that makes you old. Every day I'll log back on and be like, you got 25 new likes on this. I'm like, I haven't posted a video in like a, two weeks. Yeah. And but they're still like drip feeding me likes to this, and, and there's no weird. there's no video. It's a still image of Joe Biden, and it's just this audio that I yeah. And I think so. 
social media has created this situation where our different personas or different masks mm-hmm. are they become outsized from each other or we we don't know how to express things the same way and also like our generation millennials and zoomers we don't have shit yeah like i remember like well, here i'll fucking blow up my own spot all right i remember asking my boss for a raise oh. and uh I remember, was like, you know, maybe one day like, I could put a down payment on a house. Mm. And he kind of like, I, like I was telling him like, what I was looking for right. as like the first milestone at this job. And he kind of like scoffed at me and went like, might be able to put a down payment on a door. And I'm like, Oof. oh, which, which I don't know if he was saying that, like, I don't know if he was making a comment about real estate prices, which is valid. Or he was saying that that. Oh, you think if you make that amount of money, you'll ever be able to buy a house? Like There is a weird thing about that because, yeah, again, five years difference between us. And I was able to scoop up a house at, at the tail end of the financial crisis from 2009. Yeah. But that was only because through some fluke, I was able to pay off a relatively low student loan and I didn't have any overhead you know what i mean like we didn't have the money to buy this place and uh we got it for a song and we worked our asses off and it's a lovely house and 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 built it up to what it is today but like yeah five even five years later the same opportunities are not afforded to someone else you know what i mean like it's such a stark difference that is a huge thing and i don't think that can be stated enough of like how fucked people are now oh, yeah i mean like my fucking gosh blow up my brother's spot my brother <laughs> by the time he was in his mid-30s he was basically retired from right. having worked in tech and okay. like my brother like lives real frugally and he's not like a flashy guy like like lives a very modest but like if you saw how my brother lived you'd be like that seems nice yeah like it's not again not flashy Mm-hmm. not like he, he lives a modest life and finds happiness in small things and you know he'll travel every once in a while and like i think he found the way to do it yeah because i think he could have gone a path and followed some of his cohorts and some of the people he worked with and probably made a lot of money but he also will comment like how miserable some of those people oh yeah right now so yeah, yeah so i think he kind of uh i think he did the right path you think about like what my grandfather worked at a fucking gas station and was mm-hmm. able to like buy a house and raise three daughters working at a fucking gas station. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think I've told you about this on the, on the show before my grandfather worked for an auto body shop and it was only because he and his friends noticed that something was going on with Carter carburetor that they formed a union and that union's still going strong today, Local 819 here in St. Louis, the UAW. Uh, they're, uh, I mean, that, he was, you know, he was living in a, a Ferguson home. He was, you know, it was a three-bedroom for five kids, <laughs> you know, tiny little house. But he was able to make it work. I don't think anybody at the UAW would be able to do that nowadays. Maybe Ferguson, but again, it's it's depends on where you're talking about. Yeah. North County goes all over the place. Yeah. I mean, there's places, you know, people people get real scared when you talk about Spanish Lake, which is where I grew up. And, you know, just like five, ten minute drive north of that are like fucking $800,000 homes. You oh, would yeah. never know that fucking neighborhood was there unless you drove there. Two blocks from here, there's houses that are worth half a mil. Yeah. I mean, 
and I got this, you know, house for, like I said, like next to nothing. So it's one of those things where there's these weird economic tensions everywhere you go, regardless, but also just like, well, could you ever do that now? Unless you were generational wealth into it. Yeah. Like it's, it's fucking impossible. It's an insurmountable situation to just have a fucking slice of it. Yeah. It's Um, dire. It's dire. Yeah. And I don't mean to be doom and gloom, but it is dire. And I really. It's fucking miserable. So I do understand why some people, all they want to do is like when their free time is play video games or, you know, enjoy the things they enjoy when they're younger. Like I'm not, I want to put down my ex. I want to put down my former coworker. No. um, For those things specifically. I mean, they are, I mean, they were frustrating, but like I, it's, you can understand it. It's upsetting to see someone else going through it when there's like so much else out there. Right. And that they've kind of closed off because it is the, they found it to be the easiest way to deal with the shit fucking world we're in. Right. Well, I think there's also something to be said with this, like, oh, infantilization, but it's also a feedback loop. Yeah. Like, the biggest movies of the past 10 years have been Marvel stuff, right? Well, Marvel's been around for 50 years, right? And it's just, we're still recycling culture, but, you know, when I was a kid, the biggest movie at the time was fucking Back to the Future, yeah. which was recycling to us an idealized version of the 50s. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like it's not, it doesn't really change. It's just what's being recycled changes. Like uh, in the 90s, it was uh, the fucking Scooby-Doo was a big deal. Yeah. Right? The Scooby-Doo was a big deal again. And you had a Sarah Michelle Geller in his fucking Scooby-Doo movie. And like... Okay, like it's just it, it was a, it's this nostalgia cycle. But what's unfortunate is the nostalgia cycle is shrinking. You went from thirty years with Back to the Future, and then and uh, you know, what was it thirty forty years with with Scooby Doo, but now you know we're getting to the point where like Y two K culture. Yeah. Oh fuck yeah! I mean, I saw that like in California in 2014. Mm. That was more like terminally online Tumblr kids. It wasn't really getting into like what vaporwave had its own. Yeah, C wave, C punk, C punk. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's definitely crests, but man, as far as like shit in the monoculture, like even Stranger Things, we're back to recycling 80s and early 90s shit. You know? Yeah. Which is not, again, it's it's not in, an, in and of itself a bad thing, but when it becomes that's all there is, that's when I start when to... When we're only it. looking backwards because things were uh, less complicated or, again, had some sense of optimism or at least... I mean, I also think sometimes media gets placed in the 80s and 90s because there, are, there aren't cell phones and things like... So sure, there's, there's, there's narrative uh, sure. ways to kind of circumvent... But but there there is... I mean, that was one of the things I did not like about Stranger Things, but sometimes it made me feel, am I supposed to go buy fucking something now? You dicks. Yeah. It, Are you like, is it someone, did someone come increase your palms so you can have, you know, a, you know, the fucking Walden's book, you know, like not that Walden's book is still around, but like, it felt like I'm, I'm, I'm someone here has an agenda to make yeah. me consume something within that's being projected in this media. There was definitely Seven like Eleven stuff with Sergey in in that season. With oh, look at the cherry Slurpee! Oh boy, I want a cherry Slurpee now, Brian. There is 
a cynical viewpoint, which unfortunately I ascribe to a lot of the times, and I am definitely on the lookout for it because you know. Oh yeah, I like I'm. I mean, I grew up being very critical of media, right? So like I can sometimes sniff this shit out before <laughs> it even happens, right? It's just like the movie that had the least amount of that that I saw in the past year was probably two that I can think of. It's probably Avatar: Way of Water. Although they did have the guy with the avatar-sized Oakleys. <laughs> there was a guy in the background. It was one of the... Because isn't like the humans do the avatar yeah. thing? And, but, you know, yeah. So they're like they're operators, but yeah. they're avatars. But they're, oh, yeah. It's, they're all kitted out. It's and they, so, all, they look like... It's so, I saw the screen caps, but it's yeah. like, I almost want to see the movie just for that scene and then walk out. Yeah. Like, all right, I've seen it. No, I mean, I enjoyed it, but but yeah, it, it, it's like there's a few of what, those. What if little... the avatars were near water? <laughs> what uh, if the, the blue mice had their weird dreadlock sex in the water? I never thought that Jake Sully would uh, learn the way of water, but sure enough, by the end of the two hours and 45 minutes. Damn it, that boy learned. <laughs> he learned it. He, he, did, he did good. He did marry <laughs> anyone ever done. He was a big boy. <laughs> Jake Sully, just what a dipshit character. But the menu is the other one. No brands on it. It was all kind of its own yeah. thing. You know, it, it felt very much of itself. Yeah. Because um, even there's even moments in like Everything Everywhere All at Once, which did a bang up job at the Oscars. I'm really proud of Michelle Yeoh and Kehi Kwan. Even in that movie, there's some moments where it it's not explicit. You know, they're never like. Michelle Yeoh does, never turns to the camera is like, I love these Cheerios. But but there's just... it's Wow, if we keep buying all these Cheerios, which are so delicious, we won't be able to pay off our loan. <laughs> right. Our family will be out in the street and destitute. Why? Why must General Mills make these Cheerios so delicious, <laughs> so delicious. and un, uh, unassailable? But at the same time, you know, K.E. Kwan's character is going around putting uh, googly eyes on things. And of course... The next day after that movie comes out, Amazon listings for everything ever all at once, googly eyes are out. So I mean, like Ugh. it's just it, it's everything. A, everything is waiting to be cheapened and photocopied yeah. into irrelevance. Right, and I think that's a part of why some people were like, "Well, if I'm going to do that, I might as well do it to something that is familiar and comfortable." And that's where you get return guys talking about the N64. The N64 sucked. I'm going to yeah, be honest with not you. Not my favorite. I mean, there's a lot of PlayStation games that sucked, but there were there were more PlayStation games that whipped ass than there were N64 games. I think the N64, honestly, here's my hot take. Okay, peaked at launch, probably. Pilot yeah. Wings and Mario 64. Yeah, pretty much like. I don't even like Ocarina of Time. I I once one time was able to find a rhythm where I could get pretty far into that game, and that was many many years ago. And I dare not try again. I thought Banjo Kazooie was awful. Yeah. Um, that Blast Core. Blast Core was fun. Yeah. Um, the the not Twisted Metal. What's the other one? Vigilante Eight. That. But it, that was one that was available on the PlayStation. And it was better on the PlayStation. Yeah. Agreed. But. Uh, Tony Hawk, same thing. Yeah, yeah. There, there was... Oh, man, Tony Hawk in the N64. Rough. Tony Hawk on the Dreamcast, though? Oh, dream, 
yeah, if you by the way, if you're not gonna mess with the PS4 remake of Tony Hawk, I found it weird because I they they changed the physics still. It was a little weird, yeah. Because there were things like I played so much Tony Hawk when I was younger <laughs> that I kind of still have that muscle memory. Yeah, yeah. It was still I was not nailing shit, and I'm like, no. that was friend of the pod, Danny has it on his PS5, and I was playing it. I was like, this sucks. Like he's like, what do you mean? Like the the lighting is too distracting, and uh, it doesn't. The physics are just off enough that like my muscle memory isn't right. And I was like, I just I just want to. My return is I just want to find like a Dreamcast with Tony Hawk Pro Skater Two. The only way you're going to get that, unfortunately, is through emulation, unless you want to spend two hundred bucks. So yeah, um, that that's that's I think a lot of where I'm winding up. It's yeah. like not necessarily. Oh, I want to go back to that, but like, oh, I want to have that available to me. Yeah, because I think I want to play Power Stone. Sure, but I don't want to like. It's, I want to like meld my personality around being like I'm a guy who still plays Power Stone. I've got, I've got, <laughs> I've got ill blood. I've got right. ill blood in the original jewel case. Yeah, that part of that is just that it's so fucking expensive. Retro gaming is gone off the fucking rails there i tell you about the idea i had of buying like that 9.9 condition crow trigger and then throwing it in like the fucking gorilla pin at the Ooh. zoo <laughs> oh my <laughs> did i tell you about that idea? no because it was like 900 dollars. Yeah. and i was like i want to do a kickstarter yeah to get the money <laughs> or do a gofundme <laughs> And then I realized, like, there could be some really weird legal implications that I'm yes. not sure if yeah, I, I want to owe up to. You'd be, you'd of be. throwing the world's most mint condition copy of Crow Trigger into an endangered animal's enclosure. Especially, like, if you own a Nintendo Switch and if you're subscribed to the Switch Online, yeah. you can play Chrono Trigger right now. Oh, really? Like, so it's not, you know. Uh, or if you, if you uh, went out and got the SNES Mini. You I can, have that. You, okay. I've never opened it. Well, I, I tell you, uh, off off mic, there's a, a few wonderful little. Uh, I, I heard that like it, you can flash it and put like every oh, yeah. game on there. Yeah, you you can do all sorts of stuff to it. So, same with the PlayStation Classic. That's another thing, though. Like PlayStation so many, Classic sucked. Yeah, because guess what? A lot of PlayStation games don't age well. Yeah. Oh, like oh, you're gonna sell me Jumping Flash again? Great. Okay. But I want to play the Jumping Flash that only was released in Japan. Yeah. Or I, or I want to play like you know Evil Nine, that weird ass uh, a side scroller from the Earthworm Jim guy, or like yeah, uh, just anytime that you have a, another another bit of plastic that you gotta fucking have around, that's like you're selling me my childhood again. No, thank you. I will I will figure out another way to do it. You know yeah. I'll, I'll I'll have. Uh, there's entire stores that their whole deal is just like we're nostalgia. gonna nostalgia, yeah. Or is that places like uh fucking and some the South County Mall? There's some some lunchbox. It's like all <laughs> like oh yeah. And I remember yeah. I remember going there one time with my friend. It was like all fucking I I drink and I know stuff like you know Game uh, of Thrones shit and like but like sub it, but Spencer's like, gifts yeah. I mean like it was. If you're into fandom stuff, like actually was like, oh, well, I guess if I was into Harry Potter, that's actually like a cool looking shirt, but fuck Harry Potter. But I remember like in the far corner, like behind everything, there was like their little clearance section and there was a 
Parappa the Rappa hat. Mm. Mm. And I just remember thinking, 12-year-old me would have taken... Lost like, his shit. Absolutely lost his shit. And it's like it was like 20 bucks. I'm like, I got fucking 20 bucks for a hat. Right. But then like I actually sat there and I was like, no. Yeah, because that's how it starts. No. <laughs> like, y'all should have got me 20 years ago. Right. Yeah. When it when that shit was hot. Yeah. Like, I remember my brother telling me, like, at the fucking sewing store at the Metatron, where the fuck it was called in San Francisco, that they had the Parappa, the Hapa Beanie. And I was like, send right. me one. Right, I right. was, like, losing my fucking, I love, you know, even though, even though, like, last week shot dot JPEG. <laughs> <laughs> even though even, even though, though but i love i thought prepper was so interesting ronnie greenblatt's characters you know, oh I, yeah it was so endearing and uh did you ever play the follow-up the uh, um jammer lamb oh i loved um jammer okay yeah, that was uh i was i think i asked me if i ever played prepper the rapper 2 and i was like no oh really no i heard it was second. that bad yeah. i remember watching like a playthrough on youtube a couple of years ago i was like yeah i didn't miss much yeah the only thing okay so the only thing i would ever really be returned for i was just thinking about this when we we're talking about parappa the rapper and all this stuff and it was like playstation the only thing i would ever really be returned for is light gun games yeah school shooting kind of I know, but House of the Dead yeah. or or well, well school uh, not school shooter games, but but light gun games had a resurgence on the Wii. That's true, and I still have the Wii U, which will play Wii games. So yeah, yeah I guess so. There's like Ghost Recon, where the fuck mm-hmm. it was called, the Sega yeah, game, yeah. and there's Umbrella Chronicles. There's and... that shitty Goldeneye remake, which was with they replaced uh they Pierce <laughs> replaced Pierce Brosnan with Daniel Craig. <laughs> Yeah, and they made it a Call of Duty game. <laughs> it's terrible. I uh, heard it's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, the conduit. I mean, there there's a couple of them, but there's nothing like a Point Blank or like a Time Crisis. Or it was very. It was a very particular era in gaming where light gun games were the shit. Because yeah. like I went to, I took the kids to a place called Edison's out in Edwardsville, Illinois, and Is one. That- of, the barcade out there yes okay yeah i've been there it's nice that's pretty nice but they have one of the there's two or three light gun games that are still out and they're relatively new there's a jurassic park one Mm -hmm. which sucks and then there's a a terminator one from when terminator i think genesis or something uh no it was the one the one before that it was the one with uh, uh christian bale in it okay that one Uh, it was that one and I'm like, this is terrible. I remember Terminator 2, the arcade game. Whipped ass. Whipped ass. And even the ports, you know, even the ones where you had to, like, play on your controller, still whipped ass. But for whatever reason, this this new Terminator game was like, just something's missing. And I feel like there's a it's a skill issue, I guess. Yeah. Could be me. Well, you know, we're talking about... We're talking about- your childhood being sold back to you. I mean, I, I think I have a, a bone to pick with barcades. I think they're fucking cheap. I think that's, I think most barcades are super fucking cynical, but then there is one out in St. Charles called two plumbers. I don't know if they're still around or was around. They like brewed their own beer. Okay. And they were like, one was called like one of their beers was called the Roz Dower. And I was like, okay. you know what? You All know right. what? You know what? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, okay. I'm kind of, I'm kind of fucking with this. Yeah. And like, uh, um, I was like, oh, okay. I like, I was like, I like, it felt like the people that were doing this were 
fucking pathetic nerds like me. I was like, okay, this doesn't feel like someone that has like a that runs like a five bar por- has a portfolio of five bars and they've got their gin, mm-hmm. they got their place that serves ramen, right? And they need their barcade, you know, right? And like it's You're ticking off a box or whatever. Yeah, like this felt like this was like there was some passion here, and. I was like, I remember walking in, like seeing, like, oh wow, these beers are all like really nerdy themed, like the the shit, like it all. It didn't feel cheap. It didn't feel. It didn't feel shallow. cynical. Yeah, and and then like I was like looking around, like, is that is that Kraken DJ two? Okay. I was like, I'm like looking online, like there aren't technically any known in America. I knew of a guy that was very creepy that ran a <laughs> video game store in St. Charles County that had a Kraken DJ in his basement. And it sounded really creepy, the things you would have to say to go look at it. And so yeah. I'm like, it's a quiet Saturday. I'm going to put some fours in this motherfucker. And it was loud, obnoxious. Yeah. I'm sure everyone there hated me. Mm. But I'm like, this is fucking cool. Right. I, I've sucked at it. Yeah, I really wanted to play more, but I could tell that there were people that were like, "Why did you have to go and do the loudest thing here?" But I'm like, "This is, this is something I never thought I would experience." Yeah, uh, I will say there is a place called the Neutral Zone. Now, it's another. It's very much like Two Plumbers. Now, of course, it's a, it's more family friendly, so there's no beer or whatever. But you, you you get an all day pass. It's and it's literally all day, noon to close. Oh yes, I remember this place now. Wonderful I was place. really drawn a blank for a second. Yeah. But yes, it's it's a wonderful place, and it is lovingly restored retro games. It's a bit of a drive from here, but it's probably going to be the most authentic experience that you have doing that because it's it's someone with a passion for it. Yeah, much like you mentioned the the the, the two plumbers place. It's someone who actually knows their stuff and isn't just filling it with a golden tea machine or whatever, you know, and like, like here's an old moral combat. Here's like yeah. some shit that I bought. Yeah. That, yeah. They had a lovingly restored rampage world tour machine. You know, they had a, they had the, the, the six player X-Men arcade machine. Like these guys knew what they were doing. They had, they had the Simpsons one, they had some, some real classics, I mean, even going as far back as I think they have a Galga, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, well, I remember walking past it one time, and that they had like the Sega Star Wars. Oh yeah, and yeah I was yeah. like, ooh, okay. Yeah, I've definitely spent a lot of time <laughs> at that particular establishment, finally beating the Sega Star Wars uh, the movie arcade game. Yeah, uh, but so those places, those passion projects, those people feel more real than like. Oh, we're gonna put a bunch of random arcade machines in a bar and just say, you know, it's Thirsty Thursday. Come down. You know? Yeah, like oh, we're having DJ Moff here <laughs> for some reason. Uh, yeah, well, it's like uh, that fucking anime store uh, that's at one of the fucking outlet malls off Forty, the Anime Egg Roll. Yeah, yeah. And like you walk in there, and like the the, the couple that owns it, you look at them, and you go, Yep, yep, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, these people. This fits. Yeah, yeah they. I I do not doubt the sincerity of this place. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. They got they got the fucking the viewing room in the back that like the when you like it's open air. Yeah. But you walk back there and it's like 
little, the air's a little, a little thicker. Yep. A little, yep. little bit more fried foody. And like, there's no one back here. Is this right. just like the ambient existence? Yep. Like, okay. <laughs> like, they captured the uh, anime convention experience. Let's yeah. Put it that way. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's no, there's no girl doing the Harari dance while, thank God, in silence. Yeah. I, I guess the thesis we're getting at is that it's really easy to suss out the fakers from the real deal. Yeah. Most shit's fake. Right. And that, and that's. I think the the main thrust of, of what we've been talking about this whole time is that like uh, one of my favorite lines from death to smoochie is that authenticity is an easy disguise in this business. And it doesn't matter what actual business you're talking about. Authenticity is. It's a commodity. It is. And it's very difficult to get it right. And when you get it right, those who know, know Disney adults, don't feel very authentic to me. You know, they don't really feel like... It's, like, upsetting. Yeah. Like... The, yeah, viscerally. The easiest blocks I've ever got on Twitter were Disney adults. Yes. Yeah. I used to work with one. Uh, I worked at a radio station, and, and there was this this woman who, uh, you know, like, every, she it would be like going on Hajj. She would go every year. She would go to Disney. She would, she would, she would go to Hajj, and yeah. she would walk around the... Yeah. the 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 magic kingdom yes. three times yes and i always thought that was very strange because again she didn't have children at the time so you know it's just a i don't want to give them too much credit and say it's like lynchian but it does feel that weird dream logic of where like this is something's wrong yeah this something something here is off track yeah i get that same way with like because i still like anime and 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 I mean, God, you and I went to see Evangelion, but like, there's a point at which enjoying anime and becoming a 41 year old weeb, there's yeah. a line. Oh, I mean, yeah. like, like my girlfriend does not like anime, but I've like shown her some stuff and she's like, oh, this is really good. I'm like, yeah, right. most of it isn't. Right. Like, there's right. a lot of awful pandering <laughs> crap in anime but right. there's also some stuff that like perfect blue yes or ava that yeah. really can resonate and 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 same like there was a time where i didn't play video games much because like mm. the xbox 360 ps3 era was really it was brown it was, it was all brown, brown. <laughs> it was shitty i don't think it was until new vegas that i like i played fallout 3 i'm like oh, this is fun uh, but like New Vegas, I'm like, huh, this is really. I I could have probably at some point been like a New Vegas speedrunner. Like I yeah, knew, yeah, yeah, you knew it inside and out. Yeah, yeah it was pretty absurd, and uh, and but yeah, the times where like I don't go see movies for a long time because they all fucking suck. I mean, there was a time 10, 12 years ago going to see movies sucked. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, it still is. I mean, it just depends on the month. You know what I mean? Right. Like there's, there's... But there's whole years where like nothing happened movie wise. Like, you know, yeah. you have a couple indie hits and stuff like that. You know, see something natively. But sometimes it felt really barren. Like, I don't want to see a movie just because Hamble Burress has three lines in it and he goes, whack. <laughs> oh, y'all <laughs> fucked up. He does lines from fucking Eric Andre show. Just I mean, that's in a movie. like. Yeah. There's a couple movies he did where that's all he he just kind of just like lean back, eyes barely open, go. I don't think that's legal. 
Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's my, probably why Jordan Peele hasn't cast him yet, I guess. But uh. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Hannibal Burris is a landlord now, and yeah, class trader. Class trader. Uh, <laughs> I think also too, like what as I've gotten older, I think my my class consciousness has kind of expanded. But also, I've let go of some of my precious notions about like what is art, what is not art. Yes, yeah. I I think I did have that same trajectory about going to movies. Like it wasn't. There's nothing for me to see here. Yeah. But then when I had kids and, and, and you know, they, they started to get interested in movies. And I said, well, okay. So I've gone back and like, well, you know, Mean Girls is pretty good. Or, you know, whatever it was. Yeah. You know, it's like, well, okay, there's there's some value here. And this is somebody who was raised on Mystery Science Theater where, like, even the worst movie has something. Yeah. You know, they like... Um, you fucking Mac and me, you know, like it's a yeah. terrible movie. Oh, th- that fucking Mac and me <laughs> MST3K episode is so fucking good. <laughs> Pretty nice. <laughs> um, but just that idea though. And that's something that I think is, is worth exploring maybe in a, in a future episode about that. Even in the shittiest of media, there's something worthwhile. Yeah. That's something I like about the guys in red letter media. They do a, a great series called the best of the worst. Yeah, where they have some random, and then they watch crappy VHS copies that they got from somewhere. It's you know it's usually shitty horror movies because that's what most is out there. But every once in a while they'll stumble upon a gem, you know, and that and that happened. I feel like that experience, the stumbling upon a gem. Is... I, I think we've touched on this a few times. Like find something like in a way that felt organic. And you didn't have to like. It's a lot harder. It's a lot harder. Um, Just because there's so much out there now. There's so much out there, and the old ways that used to find stuff organically have kind of disappeared. Which again, it's not bad that there's no longer a blockbuster. Blockbuster sucks. As someone who worked at one, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I figured that would be your opinion, but it just uh, the idea that you could walk into a storefront uh, and 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 be like do i want to watch american ninja 2 or (laughs) the stuff and find like these these amazingly endearing but bad movies or when a grocery store would have a a video cassette collection yeah you know how many people how many kids got to see like evil dead because like their local grocery store had oh yeah that was me i I put my hand up because uh that one uh my friend Danny used to love to get. Um, it was an Outer Limits two-parter that they put into a movie format on VHS. Mm-hmm. The Sand King. You ever see this one? Mm-mm. Bow Bridges. Look it up. It's a it's a it's a wonderful little uh, movie. Bow Bridges. The scientist finds a little alien critter, and then it kind of takes on a life of its own. Okay. But you'd find oddities like that, or DefCon Five, or oh, uh, fucking DefCon. Yeah, like, the best box art, and then you so go great. and you see the movie, and you're like, "Huh, this is a little low budget." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Life Force, Toby Hooper's Space Vampires movie, or something like that. Like nowadays, it really does have to be word of mouth. There's ways. There's ways to do it. It's just it takes more effort. And that's, sure, that's what I, I think for me, like how it is, is like. I follow a couple film Twitter people and if they're like talking about something 
or they post like screen caps i'll be like okay yeah oh all right yeah let me let me let me find out what that's about yeah yeah like you know I'm, or, or when they had fucking opinions about triangle sadness and uh the menu and right oh okay i guess i'll give me <laughs> yeah and uh you know i like the menu i like the triangle sadness to a point but i think another thing too is the whole eat the rich thing now that's like it's very trendy to yeah. watch rich people get their comeuppance but like it feels very shallow it doesn't feel meaningful the way that like parasite does yeah like there are there are moments in parasite where like the father you know the 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 rich father tells the poor father i'm, I'm trying to remember names here you know you do this because i'm paying you right and i have been told that at jobs <laughs> oh so in that some ways really true, yeah. that where it's like you know you just kind of want to punch the person in the throat and you know and knee you him in the face and you see it on his face that that's the reaction he wants to have yeah and that's i think the skill yeah it, well and then the crazy man kills him with a rock fucking a i yeah. just it's that entire second half of that movie my jaw was on the fucking floor like bong joo threw me for a loop man yeah um, I love I, that movie because I at at that time I had not yet seen Snowpiercer, so this was this was my first Bong Joon Ho movie. Oh, you hadn't seen the host? I had not seen the host. I hadn't seen Snowpiercer, and for, I don't know why the host seemed like it was tailor made for me. It's a fucking the host is great. Movie. It's a great the movie. CGI hasn't aged, but like the general story and the humor is yeah. fantastic. Well, I have since seen yeah. it. I've, I've, I've since caught up, but like. At the time, I was like, who the fuck is this guy? I mean, I rented that when I worked at Blockbuster. I was like, oh, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, when you go back at, at, you go back now and, and you watch that, you go, okay, this guy's got the goods. Because, like, this was really small budget, but it doesn't feel like it. Yeah. It, it, it's, oh, man. A movie like Parasite would be shelved in the back of a yeah. Blockbuster. You'd never see it. Unless you were curious, so I think there's there's a push and pull. Like it's 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 easier to find interesting stuff, but it's also harder to find stuff that hits that hard. Yeah, yeah. I think I think algorithms do enough to a point. Right? Sure. But then now we've got all these different streaming services where you can't, you know, like. Things that are on Shutter aren't on Prime, or things that are on Prime aren't on Netflix. Things that are on Netflix aren't on HBO. Things that are on HBO aren't on this. And you, you get too much of that. Too much noise. Too much noise. Not enough signal. Not enough signal. Not enough, folks. Not enough signal. <laughs> There's too many things vying for our attention. Yeah. And I kind of, you know, like it, I, this is my return. I do kind of miss. Like, yeah, going to a family video and getting some amazing craptastic B-movie. <laughs> yeah. Or some weird thing that, like, they should not let kids rent, like, Taboo Asia. <laughs> or Face Emmanuel in Space, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Faces like, uh, death. Oof, boy. Yeah, so... I mean, we, I guess, also have to make peace with, like, that won't... That's not coming back. I mean, here we, I mean, there are obviously things that we do have. I was going to say, like, there's, there's, there's ways that that's happening. It's just atomized. Yeah. Um, you know, instead of going the family video or Blockbuster, the, 
rent your weird ass movie you're like oh it's on it's on hbo max now <laughs> sick woo you know um yeah and, and also i think it gets exhausting because now i think a lot of us now just consume media so we can have an opinion on it yeah. like that's our monoculture so like I've watched Marvel movies. I know more about Marvel movies and fucking Star Wars movies than I ever cared to just because, like, <laughs> it's a thing you can have an opinion on. Other people have seen it. Right. I mean, I haven't watched Black Widow, even though, you know, the woman I wish would collapse my airway, Florence Pugh, <laughs> is in it. Which one? Florence Pugh or Skojo? Uh, Florence Pugh. Okay. Uh, mm. Scarlett Johansson just never really... No? I mean, great actress. Yeah. But, like, I just not, like... I, I mean, I've known dudes that were, like, literally, like, fucking willing to, like, cut their toes off sure sure the the smell of whiff of her like <laughs> coughing <laughs> breathe on me skoja yeah yeah oh um, onion breath yeah you know more about marvel movies than you care to i think is what the yeah just because like because is, it's the, is the easy like yeah. i miss when you could go ah, gosh okay so we're now talking about the i'm now expressing my, the parts of me here we go that are the things I was just shitting on earlier in this recording. I guess I've, I'm discussing my own ways in which I found the world interesting and exciting. Mm. And it wasn't always necessarily through consumption, but it was through experiences. Yeah. And I think for some people like Disney adults and weebs or whatever, it was about experiences, but but there, but those experiences are are dead and gray and gone, buried, and the only thing left is the consumptive element. Yeah, and, and that's I, very to me very disgusting and and easy to look down on. Right, because then the then the consumptive element becomes performative, and then it yeah. becomes like, oh, I'm watching uh, a Black Panther two again. Like, well, why? Because I I hate the ocean Mexicans, <laughs> ocean Mayans. Mayans. Ocean Mayans. I had that discussion off, off mic with uh, with a super listener, Ken. He was like, uh, it wasn't Aztecs, actually. It was my... I could almost hear him like pushing <laughs> his <laughs> glasses up his nose saying, actually, it was uh, Ocean Mayans. Uh, he, he sent me a nice message, and he's like, I, I actually agree with what you said about Kim Gardner. And I'm like... Oh, okay. Yeah, which, you know, it's... it's Thank you, Ken. Yeah. I, I felt like I felt like I was really out of my depth for no. hot takes at that moment. There's a lot to not appreciate about that, but maybe we've tangled ourselves in knots here. But the, the I, I think it's I think it's is life. So there's an author, Ralph Vanigem, V A N E I G M. One of those things where like uh, I've never heard anyone who wasn't me say his name out <laughs> right. loud, so, so I don't have, have no any idea. frame yeah. of reference with the proper pronunciation of his name is. But he's a Belgian writer. And he's mostly known for writing a book um, called The Revolution of Everyday Life. I actually kind of like The Revolution of Everyday Life a little bit more than Guy Debord's Society Spectacle because the English translation of Society Spectacle is very stiff. Yeah. And a little, it's not very everyman uh, vernacular. Yeah. Whereas the translation, the English translation of Revolution of Everyday Life is very easy to understand. And I think it's a little bit more poetic and a little bit more down to earth. Um, doesn't doesn't make me think any less of society spectacles importance but if i had to read one on a flight i right. would probably yeah, pick would, yeah, would revolution everyday life yeah, sure and there's a chapter in revolution everyday life where raul 
different chapters about giving and receiving. All gift giving is a selfish act, and one of the, for the act of the gift giver. Okay, because you're expecting something in return and things like that. Which you know, when I was like fucking 15, was a revolutionary idea. Right, and uh, I'm pretty sure for people in the 60s was probably a little bit of one still. But there's a chapter called Survival Sickness, which is kind of gosh, I haven't read this in years, but the paraphrase it best in my memory is that like life through abundance through modern capitalism, modern modes of production and consumption, we're, we're kind of fat and happy, mm-hmm. but now fat and happy is turning the fat and miserable. You know, he talks about the light, the colors of life graying and that it would all kind of be better to just be crushed to death by a rock. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that about does it for the program. <laughs> but I think I think the malaise. Yeah, it's a modern malaise. It absolutely is. I mean, I, I think we all are experiencing survival sickness here at yeah. the peak of late capitalism. That's one thing about Fight Club that I actually do like. It does talk about what do you do now Yeah. in this point in time. And it's through, like, what do men do now that, like, toxic masculinity is on its way out and and things are changing from, like, how it was. We don't have... Because the, the Gen Xers in Fight Club do not have the same opportunity as their, their parents or their grandparents. And so it is a kind of different, what do you do with all of these bodies that don't know where to go? Yeah. These souls that do not have a cause. Yeah. Fight Club is probably the most misunderstood movie and book as far as like what the point was like the point was not hey uh go start a bunch of fight with your friends no the 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 point was like alienation (laughs) and and this weird macho culture is going to lead us to some really weird shit and, and uh, uh, kind of right, yeah, <laughs> mostly we're, right. We're starting to see it. Like, yeah, I, well, I mean, you look at Andrew Tate. Yeah, and that's a guy that fed into this, or you know, bought into this idea of machoism and masculinity to the point that it consumed him. And you, you can tell it caved in his chin. <laughs> well, so, there's people who are saying that's steroid withdrawal, so it's fifty fifty. But yeah, yeah, there's. <laughs> Gosh, you're taking steroids, and that's. Only as lean Ripley you got? <laughs> That's it? Yeah. Heavily alienated, atomized individuals that only can find self-expression through buying fucking tchotchkes right. or going to fucking Disney World or buying, uh, doing the Wakanda Forever thing at <laughs> Dred Scott's grave. <laughs> um, Wearing a kente cloth and kneeling. <laughs> yeah. Wearing a kente cloth, putting a penny on Dred Scott's grave. Yeah. Just... Doing the Wakanda Forever thing. Um, and it's just, it's, it's just all a, performance. It's all, yeah. Every th- the authentic self is almost like something to be pushed away, like the redhead stepchild. And we have nothing but images and a false life to project and hoping that enough people think that's good enough to keep giving you attention. But you're right. I think that's... It feels like for some people, the only way to authentically experience life or enjoy life is through like a weird nihilism. Yeah. And it's like a nihilism where you're smiling through your teeth and, you know, like I hate to say it, I can go on like people's Instagram pages mm. and I can read between the lines. Yeah. And be like, 
yeah, you get to do all this crunk, crust punk shit because like I go back to like when like the uh, fucking pandemic happened and like you went to like, you know, your uncle's, you know, uh, second house and like fucking Sedona wasn't being used, you know, like, yeah. And like me, I'm just a fucking dumbass guy. that sounds like an even dumber Jake Flores <laughs> from a place in North St. Louis County. That's so shitty that someone made a bad documentary about how, so, how shitty it is. Oh, man. So are I, you saying, what do I know? Or are you saying like, I'm saying like, at least in my ways, but I was, involved in the music scene and all that i think i came off i think i showed my warts and all whereas i thought like a lot of people were very much doing the proto of what we see now a very selective very curated expression of not maybe even who they are but what they want people to think they are yeah and, and uh i only thought that was lame yeah always has been yeah but now it's not even just like someone faking it, like so they can have like a radio show at the co- at, you know college radio show, right? At fucking two a.m. Right, calling smoking banana peels. <laughs> hey, it's a great dead milkman song. Don't don't impugn them with that. But uh, I get what you're saying. Gosh, just two two people trying to find relevance in their existence, and here we are on a podcast. What better place, right? What better place for white dudes who yeah. got a little paunchy <laughs> and don't know what to do with themselves than to start a podcast about old media? Yeah. That was new media when we were young and uh, had light in our eyes. Uh, now we're just trying to figure out which thing takes off the edge the most, but you know, doesn't let other people know that you're disassociating. <laughs> Well, before we get too deep into our existential crises, I think we're going to call it a night. Hey, Thank hey you, Jason. <laughs> hey, Jason. <laughs> yes, sir. What What does it mean to be a good person? In my mind, I think a good person is someone who does for others and does not consider the self. I think that's a good description. I think in order to consider yourself a good person, I think there has to be a selflessness almost to an extreme so yeah a a good person is someone who is willing to perform selflessly even when no one is watching oh i was gonna say it was the guys that like are really in the feet (laughs) you motherfucker (laughs) you got me right at the end there (laughs) you son of a bitch (laughs) I, I mean, um, <laughs> you're I, not wrong, but that's not the point. <laughs> those are real. Those are the real heroes of the simps, the feet guys, because because if you don't notice, if you're like <laughs> ever look at like a, someone who's like a does like OnlyFans or whatever, like their Twitter page, they'll put everything out there, but never the feet. Never the feet, because the feet guys will come through. They will. Yeah, absolutely. The <laughs> ass guys and the tit guys. Even They're the tummy guys, friends. even the tummy guys can be flaky. Yeah, but if yeah. a foot guy really thinks you got the goods, he'll pay. They're dedicated. Yeah, yes. he'll buy your socks. <laughs> he'll fucking he'll go on your on your throne or your Amazon wish list and. <laughs> no. Um, but you got the oh fuck. I think I think uh, I think your description of what a good person could be or is yeah um i think that's pretty good though i think i it's something that i used to i used to always think that a good person was someone that's always thought about the collateral damage 
Sure. And, and I, but think, I think you went into a much better description. Well, and I think part of that is just there's a point where utilitarianism fails. And I yeah. think that's that pushes right up to the edge of it. And then you start fucking feet. Yeah. <laughs> start getting a foot. Just lube them up. Like a little foot job. <sighs> well, that about does it for the show. Thank you very much, Brian, for hanging out with me and uh, getting super fucking deep. Uh, and and we're, we're hoping that you enjoy the show. If you do, patreon.com slash four, eight minutes of dogs. Four, eight minutes of dogs on Twitter. Four, eight minutes of dogs barking at gmail.com. You can give us a call. Three, one, four, two, four, six, nine, seven, six, six, three, one, four. Ahoy, poo. I can be found on Twitter at Videocrime. You can find me on TikTok and Instagram at LaserGoose CEO. Brian himself can be found in many places as at I shot Board. I S H O T G U Y D E B O R D. And of course, assholemusicphotographer.com and the accompanying blog website, amusicphotographer.com. Thank you so much. You got it. Well, enjoy the show. Thank you very much. We will see you next week for a regularly scheduled episode. And I promise, no more Derrida. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.